You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. While you were skipping stones, building forts, and flying kites, I was missing school and all my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello, I'm Mark Timonelli, and welcome to this episode of the Little Me Podcast. Remember to head over to Instagram and follow us at Little Me Podcast. You can also follow me at Mark Timonelli. And as always, please remember to subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm so lucky to have Broadway's Clay Thompson with me today. I've been working with Clay for years at Broadway Workshop, and I'm always so impressed with how he is connected with our students. At the age of 12, Clay packed his bags and went on the national tour of Oliver. A few years later, he played the role of Arab in the Broadway national tour of West Side Story and went on to make his Broadway debut playing Spot Conlon in Disney's Newsies and was part of the original Broadway cast of Matilda and King Kong. He also appeared in the Broadway national tour of Wicked and most recently in the national tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. Welcome, Clay Thompson. Hi. Hey, you make me sound so fancy. I know you are fancy and I only gave like <laughs> some credits. There's lots oh, of things goodness. I... Um, First of all, congratulations on your wedding. Thank you. You were married this past, uh, was it December? What was the month? November. November. November 11th, 11-11. Oh, that's a good, that's good. That's a good omen. Everything's gone to pot since then. <laughs> but um, to you, married to your longtime partner, Chris Rice, who's also a big Broadway star. Um, oh. Was that day everything you dreamed of? Uh, it was amazing. We went to Palm Springs and just had the best little weekend vacation with all of our friends and family. It was so nice. So, so cool. And I'm obsessed with Palm Springs. We can talk about it more later. Uh, the retirement you. project is like, has begun. It's yes. called the Palm Springs Project. DM me for more information. Okay. <laughs> so um, you were on a uh, tour with Jesus Christ Superstar right before COVID hit, right? I was. I was really interested in people's stories about how um, the industry ended for them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound, it sounds very dramatic, but where, where were you on tour? What happened? Did you know it was coming? Did they tell you? Um, we kind of being on tour, New York shut down before we did. And so we kind of saw it coming, but we're also like, Oh, maybe it's just like a thing that's happening in New York and it's not going to spread like it has. Um, but yeah, we would be, I was, I remember being at the gym uh, and looking at the TV and just like seeing just the world start to collapse. And we were like, ah, it's not, not looking good. Do they have a company but, meeting that night? And we're like, pack had, your bags. Yep. Yep. The next day, like we had finished our show and they said nothing about anything to do with closing. And then the next morning we were like, Hey, uh, please be at the theater by 2 PM and pack your trunks. Wow. Um, Wild. At the time it was just like, we're just going to close for four weeks. So being on tour, everybody left their stuff in the trunks and et cetera. But I was vacation swinging technically. So I was supposed to be done like the next week. So I was like, well, I'm going to take my stuff just in case. Yeah. Thankfully, everybody's still like, like Chris's stuff is still like in Canada with the Hamilton set. And did you go to, this. you went to Canada to be with him after that? I did. Yeah. We shut down and he hadn't shut down yet. And there were like basically no cases in Canada. And so I was like, they really kind of were in the same boat of like, I guess we're not shutting down either. And so I went there and we ended up staying there for two extra months after the shutdown. Well, it's like a like, good, Canada's a good place to be. Oh, I mean, oh. to turn the news on in the morning and listen to someone speak 
like, like they have like an education. Like an adult. Um, right. Yeah, that's interesting. That was really nice. <laughs> um, that's a nice way to put it. All right, <laughs> let's go back way before Jesus Christ Superstar. Talk to me about little Clay. What was he doing at eight and nine years old? How did this yeah. all start for you? So I started as a gymnast and that's kind of how I like, I mean, I got to know how to move my body uh, with coordination uh, through that. And then I did a couple shows in our, our like local community theaters, all like illegal doing like full book musicals. You're like, yeah, no one had be doing to. Wicked? Right. No. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did a couple shows here and there and then I had a voice teacher and she suggested that I go to New York and audition for Oliver. And I had never been to New York before, but she was like, it's going to be a long shot. There's going to be a lot of people, but just try it. Uh, and so I did it and, and got how old through. Are you, are you 12 then? How old are I you? was 11. Okay. And so then I got through the singing cuts and then it came to dancing and I had never done like a proper dance class or like all of my dance experience was like a slow jazz square and like a shimmy shimmy down. So I got a cut at the dance call and they were like, if you want to be in musical theater, you need to be a triple threat. So go home and study in the thing that you didn't feel like you were as proficient in. And so I took tap jazz and ballet for a couple months. And then they ended up six months later having like re auditions for people who wanted to leave. Uh, and I, Audition got to the end of the day, and I remember driving home with my dad. My dad drove drove me to New York, and we were in the parking lot of Wendy's. And I got the call, and they were like, "Do you want to go on tour? Like, you leave next week, and you're going to be a swing." And I was like, "Well, what's a swing?" And so I understudied seventeen kids. Um, yeah. So were your crazy. parents? Were they were like just fine with it? Yeah, you can go on tour. You can. We can. We'll go. We'll make it work for you. They just yeah. were open in those. Yeah, doors. my my dad is a phys ed teacher, and he was like, he could take a year off. He has to take a year off from school and teaching and uh, coaching different sports. And they said yes, and he now is like that was the best year of my life. So, oh my God, so cool. I'm so thankful to them for doing that for me. How does a 12 year old swing a show? I mean, what are, did you have like binders? Did you ask your dad, like, does this boy go to eight or 12? Like <laughs> what is the process of figuring out how to be a swing as a kid? Totally. I mean, I had looking back, I had like the thinnest little book of like just the most basic, like go to this number and at the it's end the of the number, just make sure you're on this one. Literally, literally. It was like, how did that help? But I don't know if it did. I don't quite remember. I remember definitely like tragedy stories of we had like two long tables and we like all sat at the end of, oh gosh, not food, glorious food. What's the next one? Well, consider yourself as the know. next big number. No, no, no but like it, we're still like in the orphanage and okay. we all like pass oh, our bowls down to yeah. the end of the table and there was like one extra bowl and Oliver got pushed to the floor and that like kind of got him to stand up and say, well, can I have some more? And I went to the wrong table and it was just like a disaster and somebody just like ended up shoving him off the the bench. It was. So you were basically winging it. Uh, 100%. 100%. I had Which absolutely no idea. Probably the best training anyone could ever have. <laughs> sure. Just um, get thrown into the deep end. What do you remember about that tour? Talk to me about, you know, your experience doing that at such a young age. Um, I mean, definitely just being exposed to the world as a kid and getting your, we would do school during the day, do the show at night. And then you're so wound up, especially as a kid, you're like, we would go and hang out in somebody's hotel room until like 
two in the morning and you're like, is this, is this normal? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so fun. And I mean, and that I, was I like a really big it. job. Um, I, I, this podcast is not about me, but I had 17 callbacks <laughs> for that tour. And so yes. I always look at you with that got on that Oliver tour and I never got to do it. But, Stop it. Um, oh my gosh, we could have toured together. I mean, it would have been so fun. I would have been an actual adult by then, Clay. But, <laughs> so I wouldn't have hung out with you ever. Um, but uh, so <laughs> do you remember the first time you were ever on? Yes, because it was scheduled. So there was a kid that did, that was in the ensemble that understudied Oliver and so then he, I was like his first cover, the, the understudy's first cover. So I knew that I was going to go on for the role of captain when captain went on for Oliver. Um, so the first time I went on was thankfully scheduled. Um, but there were times where I was like, they were like, can you do this one too? And I was like, I haven't done that one yet. And they were like, we'll help you. Well, like other kids will help you. They'll show you where to go. No, they didn't. No, They're like focused on their own show. <laughs> yeah. Um, did your parents switch off on tour or was your dad with you for the whole time? No, it was my dad the whole time. And like halfway through, uh, he actually added on as being like a child wrangler or a child guardian, now they're called. Um, but he was like an assistant child wrangler and he had the best time because he had like a, the mic, like a Britney mic and got to like hang out backstage with the crew and like listen in on what they were talking about. And of course they were like always talking about us in the, <laughs> tomfoolery that was happening on stage of this non-act tour but are you and your dad so close from that experience yeah yeah, yeah. i feel it, like parents who go on tour with their kids it's like they have this weird experience that no one will they'll never have again absolutely and it's just them against the world of all these crazy kids that they're on tour with and so yep. they just sort of glue together um yeah you can't you can't break that bond <laughs> no um, no I'm, so you, it, it was really great how long did you do that tour for a year. So I joined in after the first six months, um, but then I finished out the tour uh, and it was about a year after that. And then did you just have to go, you probably started high school when that was over? Yep. Went yeah. back to, I think I went back to eighth grade, like the, to finish out my eighth grade year. Um, and we had like, we had school on the road that was like tutoring, but it was like the oh, most, anything. <laughs> no, I was so behind when I got back. I remember they were like, I learned so much on tour about school. Like, yeah. Never. <laughs> never. But you become no. a student of the world. You get to Absolutely. go to museums. You're like, it's actually like, you know, it's like a year. I mean, abroad. it's so cool. There's like definitely worldly experiences, yeah. but like my history teacher was like, did you open this book? Or You're like, I know a lot about Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I can do all of my tracks for I you can right tell now. tell you about who Mr. Bumble was. Okay. <laughs> so um, you go back to school. Do you do like the school musicals or now you, are you bitten by the musical theater bug yet? Um, I, I started dancing. That was like my main thing. Cause I still hadn't really danced much. Um, we had some dance classes here and there with people in the show that, that would do little like masterclass kind of things. Um, but I really started dancing when I was in high school. Um, and I auditioned for my, during my freshman year, I auditioned for the school musical. They were doing high school musical. And I was cast as the kid that like comes into the audition. It's like, it's hard to believe that I couldn't see. And it so it was like, either I do this in a high school musical or I dance and I chose to dance. Um, and I think I kind of burned the bridge with my high school director by like dropping out of the show. That was, I mean, it was very unprofessional of me to do that, but I was like, I'm, I am also grateful that I danced because I danced for like 24 Seems hours Seems to have worked out for you. <laughs> I don't know about playing that part in High School Musical would have led to, you know, 
Broadway dancer. Mm, I mean, who's you never know. Never know. Destiny is destiny. Okay. So (laughs) you do your four years of high school and then you decide to go to Penn state for musical theater. I did. Yep. I went for one year. And then Uh, at the end of that year, I, well, I came to New York. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I came to New York, and I like just took classes and auditioned, um, and I actually got the ch- uh, Chinese production of Fame, and I it was only for four weeks, and I asked school if I could like leave in the middle of the semester for four weeks, and then come right back and pick back up, and they were like, no. So I was like, okay. So I turned it down, and then the next week auditioned for West Side and booked it, and then asked. Penn State, if I could take a year off and come back, I would not skip a year, but I would come back as a sophomore. And they said, if you come back, you have to come back as a freshman because there's so much you learn in that's like, it's all about consecutive learning. And I was just like, I'm, I booked a principal on a first national tour. And okay. So I was like, I'm going to go do this tour. Were you looking to get out? I mean, obviously you're auditioning. I mean, yeah, my sense is that you're like, all right, yeah, let's, let's get yes. rocking and rolling. Yes, um, I mean, for anybody that is looking at to go to Penn State, it has the the program has completely changed since I went. The they were, I chose the school because it was very acting and singing heavy, thinking that I could further myself in those disciplines while still pushing myself in dance. But I didn't get to dance really. I only could take ballet. There were, you couldn't take jazz or tap and now you can take that as a freshman, but, um, I, I definitely was looking for, for something new. It's also college is not for everyone, especially for musical theater. And if you've had an experience, right. like you have been on tour for a year as a kid, like you have a sense of how the business works, you have a sense of what is expected. And so it's hard to then go to school for four years and work Absolutely. on those skills that you have been building on your own. So yeah. you leave and you go on tour West Side Story, which was probably a very exciting experience. Also where you yeah. met your husband. Talk to me about West Side Story and that huge job. Yeah, we, I mean, so Chris, my husband and I met at the audition. I They had me reading, because since I was 18, they had me reading for Baby John, the whole audition process. And they had him reading for Tony, because they were looking for a Tony cover. And then at the very end of the day, they had me read for Arab and Chris read for Baby John. Um, and that's what we got. So we toured the country for a year. Um, he played Baby John and understudied Tony, and I played Arab. Um, and it was... So awesome. I love touring. Touring is not for everybody, but I, you get to see the country and get paid to see the country of like, I mean, and some cities are better than others, but there's so many cities that you would never expect to go to and enjoy. Um, Like nobody vacations in, I don't know, like the middle of nowhere, but they're like, so those are some of the, like the best parts of tour, just like getting to go to the different restaurants and, talk to the locals of like what, where to go, where, where they suggest. Where's so. the local quilt museum, things like that. <laughs> a quilt museum? No. Um, those are, you know, the magical <laughs> things you find on tour. Um, okay. And West Side Story is such an iconic musical. Did you grow up like knowing it well? Did you know this was a show for me or you just were like, I'm a dancer. I do dance shows. I, I mean, I definitely didn't grow up. I had seen the movie, but I think since I wasn't as strong of a dancer, I didn't really think it was a show for me. Um, until later in high school slash college. And I, I do remember seeing it on Broadway and thinking, this is so cool that there are so many guys dancing. I thought that that was like, I mean, how many shows are there now? There's Newsies, but like West Side was such a like masculine dancing. I thought that that was so 
I mean, probably thought it was attractive to watch as well, but I was like, this is so cool. And this is what I want to do. Awesome. Um, And your parents were fine with you leaving school. They didn't give you any trouble about it. Yeah. I mean, they were like, I think they were cool with me leaving college, but I think that they wanted me to either go get a degree if I wasn't going to work. So I was like, okay, when I left, when tour closed, I was like, I'll take a year and either uh, if I don't book anything in New York, I will look into going back to school either for musical theater or for something completely different. And thankfully, like my second month of being in New York, I got Newsies. So I thank you, mom thank, and dad. Thank you, universe. All right, yeah. let's move on to the Newsies show because that is sort of a big deal. Um, yeah. Were you just auditioning for everything as soon as you came home from tour and that came up? Or did you have your eyes on it? Um, I didn't have my eyes on it. Actually, it was, I I hadn't been in for it before and it came to Tommy Bracco got hurt on a Friday night during the show. And so Saturday, Tommy, Tommy. I mean, thank you, Tommy. But yes, um, I actually was home. So I was at my childhood home in Rochester, New York and got a call from my agent and they were like, Hey, there's an audition tomorrow. They need, they need somebody to start on Monday. Uh, So can you be in New York? And I was like, I will figure it out. And so I, like ran down the stairs. My mom tells the story about how I, I was upstairs when I got the call and how I came down the stairs and didn't touch a single step because I was so excited. Um, so it's like a straight up offer. You weren't like, you have to come in and audition. No, no, no. I had to audition. Oh. So that was on Saturday. I had to audition on Sunday, but there were only three of us uh, auditioning for it. So it was all people who had been in the room and they knew the team liked before. So mm-hmm. we, I mean, we still had to do like three different dance combinations. We had to sing three different songs from the show. We had to do two different sides from the show. Um, but it was like a full audition day. And then they were like, at the end of the day, if you book this, you will hear by tonight because you have to be in rehearsal tomorrow morning. So the night came and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, oh. dang. But then the next morning uh, I got a call from my agent and they were like, so like casting wants you to know that it, like, it doesn't always have to do with your talent and blah, blah, blah. Like sometimes it's just fitting the costume. And, but they also wanted me to let you know that you're going to make your Broadway debut in Newsies. And I was like, ugly tears. Where were you when they called you? At my apartment. And since my mom drove me to New York, my mom and Chris were there. And I was just like, so I have it all on tape. Of course, of course you have that film. It's cute, but I'm definitely just ugly crying. It's really special. Okay. So you get to join this like kind of really big hot show, pretty close to opening. It wasn't yeah. like it had been, it's not, wasn't on its last legs. It was like sure. hot, hot, hot. And yes. so you joined the cast of Newsies. Talk to me about that opening, that first performance. I mean, was I- Was everyone there, your whole family? Like, yes. 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 Um, and I, Hurricane Sandy hit like the week of, so I didn't get a put in, which was crazy. I had never done the show I had, I had a spacing rehearsal, but I didn't get to put in. So I didn't get to do the show with other people in like real time. Um, and I never got to do the show in costume before my opening night. So that was wild. And my pants split down the middle during the middle of seize the day, which you're welcome, New York city, but sorry, mom. It was, I'm sure it was a very cool night. Is that where the Instagram fame begins? Is it? (laughs) Is it a news? Is it because of newsies? I mean, obviously you have a very huge following. Um, did you feel it like start to like really kick up with those boys? Definitely, definitely starting with newsies. Yeah, it. All the like fourteen year old girls were like, 
it's wild. I've not really seen an audience reaction to a show like that ever. Um, yeah. especially it, to a chorus. I mean, it was you walked to that show and you were talking about the boys. You weren't talking right. about the stars. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, like they were brilliant, but like to watch you guys all dance as a group was such a spectacular experience that I don't think people can forget whether you yeah. liked it or not. Like you couldn't deny the amount of talent that was. Yeah, it was, happening. it was really cool. I mean, even to, I had seen the show uh, because we had friends in it. And so I knew that it was like a really something special with, like you said, like the ensemble of just like powerful, incredibly talented dancing um, and singing in the rafters. Um, so I, I was, I felt so lucky to get to be a part of it. It was really cool. How long did you do Newsies for? I actually only did it for two months. Um, the first time I did it. And then uh, because it was just filling yeah. in for Tommy's, uh, injury leave. And then while I was, before I had even opened, uh, no, I had opened Newsies, but before Chris had seen me in it, uh, cause he was on the road with White Christmas, uh, I booked the original company of Matilda. So I only did it for Moving two months right along. I knew, <laughs> that I knew that I was going to Matilda. So it's I, so funny that you were only in Newsies for such a short time because so many people associate you with that show. Right, um, right, right. Well, good, good work. <laughs> but I, I did get to do, I so I did Matilda for like about a year and then ended up leaving for a different show and then came back to Newsies. So I did it for another two months, but four months in total. So was Matilda something you had been auditioning for for a while? No, I, I mean, I went in for the original initial calls for the Broadway company and it was probably over three weeks, all of the auditions. Um, but I ultimately went in and like my, one of my second to last callback, they had me read the Rudolfo sides, which is like Mrs. Wormwood's dance partner. Um, and then they had me read that same side as Michael Wormwood. So just wanting to kind of like throw a curveball in the audition room. Um, and I did that and they laughed. So I was like, oh, okay, that went well. And then at my final callback, they had me do a similar thing, but still different with reading different sides as different people. Um, and then I ended up booking that as a swing. So I, in hindsight was like, oh, you weren't seeing if I could do like just throw curveballs. You were trying to see like, if you go on at the last minute, are you going to make a bold choice with, whatever scene you're going for. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, I was in it from the beginning, uh, in That's the audition your first original Broadway cast. Experience. It was. So you got to go through that whole rehearsal process and be part of opening night and do, yeah. do you guys, you did the Tonys as well. I did. I did. Yeah. And parade and all that. Yeah. That was really cool. Tell me about all of those experiences. Did Gosh. I mean, first. Yeah. And we, well, I was very lucky to, when I did Newsies, we did Dancing with the Stars and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade when I was in it for just that two, those two months. So I had gotten to do those things. So it was like, those were so cool. And then to do Matilda and to like record an original Broadway cast album and perform at the Tonys and do the Macy's Parade live. Um, those were just so special. Those are like bucket list things, like writing in the rehearsal or writing in the car to rehearsal as a kid. I would always only listen to musical soundtracks. So to now be on one and think that like someone has sung along to a recording that I'm in was so, so, so cool. Matilda was a pretty spectacular show and I thought would win 
like every Tony Award. And then, dun, dun, dun. Us too. And I come <laughs> It doesn't really work out in the favor. No. Um, tell me about that night. Was it a shock? Were you guys also? I mean, impressed? well, the night is, I mean, I know you know, but for for your listeners, the day of the Tonys is crazy. You like have the rehearsal for the Tonys in the morning. You do a matinee at, back at your theater. Then you go back and do the show. But we were like sitting in the van. We like go into the theater. We were one of the first performances to happen that night so we did our performance we bust back to the theater and it was really cool we did get to when we got to the theater they were about to announce best actor or best supporting actor i should know that whatever gabe ebert won so the guy who played mr wormwood so we were all like in the staircase around the like tiny little tv by the stage door um so we got to watch that was which was really cool um but then we like get ready go to the party and we were like all so jazzed and they like played our performance during one of the commercial breaks and we were like the energy was great and then they were like best musical goes to no first it was best choreo goes to kinky boots and we were like oh oh, man and then it was best musical and we were all like drinking (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like a it was a surprise it was it was a surprise in the bit in the bit especially coming in from London and being such a huge, huge hit there. And, uh, and then I think that's probably what the problem yeah, absolutely. is. Uh, they didn't play the, the Tony game. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. But you did that show for a long time, and then you came back and you replaced Alex Brightman, yeah? I did, yeah. yeah so I, I was a swing for about a year. I left for a little bit, and then I played Michael for a little while. Which how is... much better of a swing were you the second time around? Um... I mean, when I came back, I was just playing Michael. No, so I just when, had this... like your second swing experience doing Matilda, did you have more oh, notes than you had in Oliver? Yeah, I, I mean, probably too had many. I had like a binder, like three inches thick. It was just like papers upon papers. Like, and I still have it. It's, um, it's, I mean, way too many details, too many to where like I could still do, if I read everything, I could still do the entire show, even like the Gates number. That show seemed like an impossible show to swing because it was so intricate and the staging was so wild and, you know. It it was, but but thankfully it was by the first day of rehearsal, the most of the show was pretty frozen set. There were like a couple little things that changed here and there. So, but as a swing, when you join from the beginning, learning the choreo they're teaching the other actors in the show and you're learning it in the back of the room where like king kong was also i did from the beginning swinging and you're in the back and they're making rewrites and cutting songs and making new songs so you're like 
constantly having to like just scrap everything you've learned and relearn new things. So thankfully Matilda was like pretty frozen from day one. Um, so there was a lot of children in that show and uh, sure were. which sometimes are really fun and sometimes a challenge. What was your experience now having been a kid in the business and kind of back in it and performing as an adult with all these kids? What was your experience with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was closer in age to the oldest kid than I was to the next youngest adult. So I kind of felt like I was still one of the kids. Um, and I was the like gym captain. So I was constantly with the kids, which was a lot of fun. Um, and it was also nice that we didn't, it the, the parents are not allowed backstage on Broadway, which was not a thing on the tour. So, it. um, it was really nice to just like have that separation and like, uh, get to know the kids as themselves rather than the parents speaking for the kids. They were I'm very sure. protective of those kids in general. I not really see yes, that, that they weren't allowed to do stage door. There was like lots of rules in place so that the kids would just do the show and be out or yeah. the, they wanted it to feel like just doing a musical, not like becoming stars, mm -hmm. which I understand, but it's still like, if I was on Broadway as a kid, I feel like I'd want to like soak in that experience, experience. rather yeah. than getting shoved out the back side door. Like, I remember like going to meet a student after and they're like, meet me at this weird spot. I was like, this is so, it was yeah, like, uh, the back alley. It was like a Broadway <laughs> drug deal. It was so strange. <laughs> I was like, okay, um, good job. So how did the show change depending on which kids were on, who was playing Matilda, the other kids in the ensemble, how much did that changed for you every night? Yeah. I mean, it was really interesting being a swing, jumping into a different show. Not only are you different, jumping into a different show every night, but you're, the lead actress is completely different every night. So that was crazy. Not only for being in the ensemble, but playing Michael, playing her brother, playing the scene with her. And I mean, it was so cool to be on stage with Leslie Margarita and Gabe. They were like just hilarious every night. Um, but it was really interesting and fun to see the girls grow from the beginning of their performance, uh, the beginning of their run to the end of their run, just grow as performers and as kids it was really cool. It's so weird probably to see all these kids are like kind of adults now. Oh, absolutely. They're like, half of them are in college. I'm like, I don't want to see these pictures of you on Instagram. <laughs> yes. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> um, after, uh, I know you left and came back and you, you did other things in between. You were on tour with Wicked. Was that just two years ago? No, that years? was like four years ago. Okay. It was a while ago. But I, again, I only did that for like a short period of time. Was that well. a dream to just sort of do Wicked as like the greatest 100%. show? 100%. I mean, it was, it was definitely, that was like one of my soundtracks that I listened to in the car, like I was talking about earlier. I, I have to school you on this. It's cast album. What am I saying? You're saying soundtrack. And soundtrack is a soundtrack to a movie film. Like, Mark, all right, don't we, ruin this for me. <laughs> you're going to say cast Okay, it's a album. cast album. So I listened to the Wicked cast album Very in yes, the car. You have to cast recording. This is an education podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. You're welcome. We can cut all that out if you want. No, or keep it in. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so you used to listen to the Wicked cast recording. I did. And now in, the in, the, in the car. So now to like then do the show and listen to the dean 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 and have that be my entrance of running on stage and like standing in a spotlight would give me chills every night. It was so cool to like. You were chistery or whatever that monkey. I was chistery. It just runs out and starts the whole thing. Yeah. And to start the show was pretty cool. Who was your alphabet? My first alphabet was Emily Cook. 
Okay. And then did you do with Vosk for a minute? I did. I oh, did it with Jessica Vosk. She's so good. Oh, um, gosh, all right. Voice. So after Wicked, you come back and you do some other things. And yes. then is King Kong, that gorilla comes calling. Then you do King Kong on Broadway. Talk to me about how that job came to you. Yes, yeah, so I did Jesus Christ Superstar in Chicago, which was the same production that they did on the West End. And Drew McConey was the choreographer of Jesus Christ Superstar. And he directed and choreographed King Kong on Broadway. So I had worked with him before and they were looking for, they had been in rehearsals for about a month and they were looking for a, a new swing. Um, and so that's when I came in and auditioned and got the show. So I actually started the show as a swing for all of the people that didn't touch King Kong. So all of the non-puppeteering tracks. Um, I did that for a little bit. And then one of the guys who puppeteered King Kong left to do Hamilton. And mm. I, yep. <laughs> and I replaced him. So I got to puppeteer King Kong, which was, which was pretty cool. So they call that King's company, right? Or what are they? Yes. Called? Yeah. And, King's um, company. Did you, when you took over that track, did you also have to appear in the ensemble as a non yep. puppeteer? So it was like the people who didn't touch King Kong or who, who were not, or who were not in the King's company uh, were in the entire rest of the ensemble scenes. But the people who were in King's company were still in those ensemble scenes, but then did quick changes back and forth to puppeteer King Kong. It was wild. wild. What was um, the reaction from the audience in general? Because I would have, I would hear such wild, different. obviously I saw it, but you know, it would just be wild, different reactions from people basically like it's the most stunning thing ever to, you know, not that. Yeah. Experience. I mean, <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, I mean, to be on stage or in the audience when King Kong, you first see King Kong or hear King Kong, that was really cool to be a part of and to, see the different reactions each night, especially when we had like a Wednesday matinee and there were a lot of students in the audience. That was like, the energy was really awesome. Um, but it was, I mean, the, it had its challenges for sure. There was, I mean, there was a section where you guys were on a boat or something and it was mm -hmm. truly the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. It was just like, oh, this is how you use projections. Like if yes. it was a master class and how that's supposed to work. And then there'd be yes. a scene that was a masterclass in how things would work. But I <laughs> absolutely, I will say for teching that boat scene was very challenging because sitting in the audience and watching the stage move and the projections move, you're like, okay, I just need to like not look at the screen for 30 seconds or I'm going to get seasick. Um, Amazing. What but was you got about seasick, then you got to leave the theater, which which may be a positive. <laughs> um, what was that process like? You know, obviously we know when there's like a show and it's a hit, you kind of know exactly what they're remounting when it moves to Broadway. With Matilda, I don't think that many changes were made from the West End to right. um, King Kong was really a new musical in, you know, it, it happened in Australia, right? Right. Um, but this was like a new show. So how were the changes coming during that process? And how did they come in and what kind of things came and went and things like that? Yeah, there was, scoop. Yes, um, there were a lot of changes. It was, as a swing, it was so, it was one of the most challenging things to have a number, a full number that you've just learned different tracks for, and then they come in and they're like, all right, so this number's not working very well. So the opening of Act 2, like a couple weeks before we opened, we had a brand new number, brand new costumes, entirely different. So to 
track the show and to feel like you have it. And then you're like, okay, I have this number. Now I get to move on to the next one. I've made my charts. I've made all of my cheat sheets. And then for all of that to just be now like in a scrapbook, like, oh, it was, it was challenging, but also cool to watch the different versions of it and see things improve with the show. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes not. Um, What are the challenges for doing that kind of puppetry, especially since that's not, you know, your world, you're not coming as a puppeteer. And although it's not really puppeteer like Sesame Street, uh, what were your challenges in learning that totally new skill of how to, you know, manipulate this mahonky? Yeah, I had never, never done anything like it and never thought I was going to. Even joining the show, I was like, that's cool. I hope I never have to do that. Because there was talk of me swinging both the ensemble and the King's Company in the beginning. And I was like, oh, please don't make me learn how to do that. Le- looks, one, dangerous, two, challenging. I'm good. I don't want to. Then I had done the show for about six months and there was like talk of maybe replacing one of the guys. I was like, okay, I could maybe do one of them. Um, but I, to learn it, they had me sit on stage during the show. Like there'd be a paying audience and I was in head to toe, all black, sitting against the TV screen, watching the track do all of the puppeteering and we had in ears the whole show that we heard different calls from the stage manager or the the guy who told us what moves to do um and i would listen to those and they'd be like kong 300 go kong 180 go and i was like i don't know what any of these mean but i'm gonna hopefully learn them at some point um but then i had two days of rehearsal how long did you you were in the show before they announced that they were kind of closing shop Oh gosh. I mean, I joined in the fall and we closed the next summer. So all in all, probably like eight or nine months. Did you think, did you see that coming or you were like, this is a huge show. We'll run at least through, you know, I mean, no, we, we thought we were going to get through till January, but then once audiences towards the, well, in the fall and the spring, we were like, ah, this is looking. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, was, it's like a hard thing to do your job and also look out and be like, oh God, there, this isn't doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But it was cool. There was a lot of, you listen. Yeah. You to hear, risk, and right. you get to be part of something so cool that 100%. We'll, you know, that maybe we won't see again. It's not like there's going to be, you know, Sayville High School is not doing King Kong next summer. You know, it's maybe, maybe they are. I'm excited to see it at the Muni okay. coming soon. Well, that's a great idea. So, uh, <laughs> This past year, not only did you get married, but you did do Scary Superstar. Did you have to figure out how to do those two things together? Well, we got married in November and Chris booked Hamilton and left on January 1st. And then I got the call to do Jesus Christ Superstar to leave on January 8th. So, I mean, it was literally the perfect timing, but we didn't think we were going to spend this whole year together. So then the world happens and now we get to spend every second of every it's day very, together. It's nice mostly, right? Yes. It, it, no, it really is. Especially thinking that we were going to spend this whole year, at least a year being apart. Um, it's been really nice. We'll still have to spend a year apart once he goes back on the road, but well, you'll figure for it out. now, like being freshly married, it's, it is it's really nice to nice spend to have time. time. How was Jesus Christ Superstar for the, the time you got to do it? Wild because I joined and I joined as like what I thought was going to be like a dance swing. And one day it was like two hours before the show. And the stage manager called me and was like, Hey, could you be on for this track tonight? You'll just do the different 
chunks, whatever you can go on for will, will be great. I was like, yes, absolutely. I will learn it from the archival video. So I taught my sh myself the show from an archival video. Then I get a call. I was like, have you ever played the guitar? I was like, never. He was like, could you? I was like, sure. I'll learn how to play the guitar. Absolutely. I will like come in and learn how to do it. And he was like, could you, but could you do it tonight in the show? And I was like, I, I've, I've literally never touched a guitar, but he was like, okay, it's just two chords. And if you don't do it, it'll just be acapella in the show because it's not backed in the orchestra. So just let us know. So I learned how to play the guitar in about an hour. The, I mean, just two chords. I mean, you're fear. And, I mean, you're a little fearless. Like you're just jumping out there in front absolutely. of thousands of people, constantly <laughs> having really no idea what's going on. Absolutely, that's how I thrive. Very impressive. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm impressed. Oh my god! All right, we have to talk about a couple of things, and then we have to wrap up. So Please. you have this insane Instagram following. Um, I know it's it's exciting. <laughs> um, I look today, you have 50,000 followers, almost 51,000, and Chris has 49,000. So is that a big drama dramatic moment in your home? <laughs> I mean, honestly, he he was like watching it, watching, because I we were both like just around each other for a while, and then I started to go up, and he wasn't, and it was he was like, you're at 50,000, you're at 50,000, I'm not at 50,000, he must be joking. I'm like, you're going to be okay. So when you have this big following on Instagram, do you feel like you have to create a lot of content? Is it fun for you? Does it feel like a job? Talk to me a little bit about that. It's definitely more fun. I, I try to keep it more lighthearted and positive rather than it feeling like a job. I mean, I have thankfully gotten to do some cool things and done like little collaboration kind of things with companies and gotten free products from it, which is always a yeah, we love, love free things. Love free things. Love a free thing. Anyone, <laughs> anyone listening? Yeah. I love a free thing. He loves a free thing. Send us things. Things. Right. Yes. I have some laundry detergent downstairs that oh. I'm going to do a post about. You'll see that okay. soon. Exciting. Um, it's, fun, it's fun to follow you because you do have so much light. There's a lot of love. It's a lot of joy. It's also a really great thing. There, it's such a, um, a joyous thing to watch you and your husband have such a great time together. And I think that for, you know, young people in the world who are following you to 100%. see these two great guys, like supporting each other and being there for each other, it's like a really lovely thing to send in the world. So you should feel really good about it. Well, thank you. It, it has been, it's been really nice to get messages from people, whether they're in a small town in America or in a country where being gay is literally illegal. And so getting messages from people saying like, seeing your relationship brings so much positivity and hope to me is, is really, really, really cool. It's really great. And you're, you guys do such a great job at, at sharing your life and all of that and going to Disney world and all that fun. Yeah, I mean, you guys had a lot of Disney last year. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> so we have to, I love talking about your career. You've been working in this business for such a long time. I mean, really, you haven't really stopped since you're a kid and, you know, having the, the joy, the passion, the excitement for it as an adult still is really a great thing to bring to the business and that you're not jaded and that you love what you do and you do it with everything you have is and totally Thank inspiring. You. So thank you, thank, thank you for doing this and oh thank gosh, you for sharing your story with me. Okay. So we have to do obsessed and probably workshop quick fire questions. So okay. times, what is your yeah. obsession right now? What is getting you through the time? Anything you got TV show? I mean, movie? Yeah. Disney plus. Okay. 
I, Disney, we are, both my husband and I are obsessed with Disney. Like you just, we haven't gotten to go to Disney. Well, no, we went to Disney in February, but with it being closed and hopefully it still stays closed for a little bit longer because it reopening is crazy to me. When they close with 100 cases and now there's like 10,000 in Florida, maybe rethink. Um, but we're obsessed with Disney. So Disney Plus, watching Disney movies is getting us through. We bought a projector and we like hung up a bed sheet. And so we've been doing like outdoor Disney movies and it's giving Love us life. Plus. <laughs> Um, all right. I, my obsession this week is something called Ash and Eerie. It is a clothing line for short guys. So Ooh. I am five, seven and it's really for like five, eight and under. And so it's like sleeve lengths or the right length or like it doesn't go, if it's a button down shirt, it like kind of stops right past your waist. Uh, it yeah. is. So Ash and Eerie, if you'd like to be a sponsor of this podcast, you. Beers. But they're so great. Like I got a whole box of clothes from them yesterday and they're like, they fit so well. So if you're oh, a tiny guy, have I got something for you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are you ready for the Robbie Workshop Quickfire questions? This is- uh, I'm nervous. You should be a little scared. These are okay. questions put together by me and some Broadway Workshop students. Um, go with the first thing that comes to your mind. Here we go. Okay. What show would you like to do with your husband? Hamilton. Favorite city on tour? Uh, Denver. How often do you get confused with Clay Thompson, the basketball player? <laughs> Pretty often on Twitter. First Broadway show you ever saw. Oh gosh, I don't remember if it was Beauty and the Beast or Little Shop of Horrors. All right, well, like one of those. All right, those are good. Those are two good ones. Um, yeah. Did you have braces? I did not. How many tattoos do you have? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, do costume designers roll their eyes when you walk into fittings because of your tattoos? Um, not yet, but... All right, um, all right what am I up to? Um, if, there, if you could change one thing about your wedding, what would it have been? Um, I wish that we didn't get to like dim the dance floor lights. It was like very bright. So we had like spinny lights, but like the overhead lights were the same because it was outside, so... If we just wanted the dance floor to be a little bit darker, so that married, think about getting that dance floor darker. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, um, if you can go back and do one performance of any show you've ever been, what would it be? Oh gosh, I would love to do Wicked again. If you had a yacht, what would you call it? Oh, um, the, oh gosh, I don't know the SS, the SS yacht. Yes, that's it. <laughs> SSS, it's the title of this episode. Should yes. all Broadway shows have a huge gorilla? No. <laughs> what would your superhero power be? Oh, I'd love to be invisible. Favorite Disney princess? Oh, no. Um, I mean, oh, that's too hard. I don't want to choose that one. It really is. I've never seen you have a harder time answering the question. All right. <laughs> Gaston or Prince Eric? I'm not telling you why, just you have to pick. Gaston. Same. Um, <laughs> most recent Broadway audition? I wish I knew. Oh, it's been too long. You've been closed for a while. All right. Is well, this Doubtfire, maybe? All right. Um, how many times would you say you've crucified Jesus in front of a live audience? <laughs> uh, probably 50. Cats or dogs? Dogs, 100%. Please give me your McDonald's order. 
double cheeseburger, ketchup only, and a medium fry. What do you want on your bagel? Uh, just butter. I want it toasted, but it has to be like a cinnamon sugar right. bagel with butter. Have you had a French toast bagel? Yes. That's what you want. That's what you're Thank you, Brugger's. Um, so good. Uh, Pre-show ritual? Uh, warming up. Favorite Disney attraction? Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Mission Breakout. Least favorite Disney attraction? I don't, I'm not a hall of residence. Just say it. I, oh, I mean, I've literally never done it. So yeah, that's it. That um, that's and now why. It's like, why would anyone want to go to that? No. Um, all good. right, go to album for car trips. It could be a soundtrack. It could be a cast recording. <laughs> um, a pop album. Uh, Beyonce, B Day. Favorite Alfie. What does that mean? Like favorite alphabet. Oh. Uh, I thought you said Alfie. Oh, oh gosh. Um, Emily Cook. She was my first one. And yeah, listen. You always remember your first. One yeah. show you'll never get over not being cast in. Um, bye Bye Birdie. Mm. Best opening night gift? Oh, we got really cool... Uh, ones for King Kong. We got like a, a framed map of Skull Island and stuff that was really cool. I want blank movie to be a musical. No more. I want write an original oh, musical. Great. Good answer. Um, what <laughs> role should Pilot Pone play in Newsies? <laughs> <laughs> Crutchy. What is your favorite app on your phone? Instagram. If you can have dinner with one person living or dead, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Obama. Favorite Broadway house to perform in? Um, the Schubert. That was cool to like walk in Schubert Alley. Weirdest experience as a child performer? Being a swing and having to learn 17 parts. Okay. Hashtag non-equity. Bringing it back to you, Oliver. What does plummy and slam mean? and slam what do you remember uh, plummy and slam it's like when no. Nancy, hello lady you know she's like plummy and slam and she like walks in <laughs> all right it means I, it means all right like quiet down but it's fine that's what i was about to say i just didn't get the all chance right, yet didn't give yeah, me the yeah. time can you name yeah. two real housewives no <laughs> do you would you like to retire with me to palm springs <laughs> yes okay name a musical you're okay with never seeing again Scandal. Scandal? Oh, scan scandalous. Scandalous. Oh, mamma mia. See, that didn't show. even remember. It's okay. It was rough. It was lost rough. or found. Lost or found. Has she been baptized or has she drowned? Were lyrics. Yes, and I still remember, remember them. Oh, God. Stroke. Poor Kathy Lee. Um, <laughs> she can't write a tune. It's really not. Lyrics not for her. If you're listening, no, no. you're not listening. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's keep going. We have three more. If you can go back in time and see any Broadway show... From the history of Broadway, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Can I choose the Singing in the Rain movie, like watching them film it? No, sure. that's not. I mean, that's cheating. Not it, but that's but... <clears throat> um, have you ever left a show at intermission? No. Right. Um, and know. what movie could you watch over and over and over again? Anything Disney. 
anything to say. And if you wanted, uh, one thing you want people to know about you that you don't feel like they know. I'm pretty open. I don't know if anybody <laughs> doesn't know. Um, yeah, that, I no, I, I'm no all the things. I had more secrets. I'm like no secrets. Open book. Um, Clay, tell <laughs> the people when they where they can find you, where they can follow you. I have Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, my handle is Clay Rice Thompson, and on Twitter, it's Clay Thompson. I just haven't changed it on Twitter. Are we gonna go by Clay Rice Thompson? Like, will that be in the next playbill? Yeah. Hey, well, welcome. We're just Clay we Rice. have to wait to change it legally with until the world picks back up right, well i'm into it clay rice thompson yeah I, I call you clay thompson because it it just that's feels okay surprising. half but, people call me chris rice so yeah, like that's a great whatever. name too clay thank you so much for doing this it was so fun to hear thank your story you. and um i hope that you guys all liked hearing it too at home please remember to subscribe to the little me podcast rate and review um and follow us at little me on instagram or me mark Tuminelli. and uh we'll have another episode next week clay you're the best i can't wait to see you on broadway again uh, oh, thanks. Tight, it's coming back eventually. Amen. Thanks for having me. Clay, yay. yay. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network, and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at that Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.